And this morning, I want to introduce and invite up um, our, our guest preacher this morning, Wayne Memler. Some of you know Wayne. Um, Wayne has been a part of our church for a number of years now, and uh, this Father's Day, all of, your, all of your kids are here, is that right? Yes, all of Wayne's kids are here, so welcome. They got a row right here, a whole row. Um, we're glad they're here. Now, Wayne has served in many positions in our church. Uh, currently, he leads our prime timers ministry, which is uh, for, what is the appropriate term now, aging adults or aged or growing adults? I don't know. But uh, we used to say 55 and up, but now that seems so young. But, you know, for older adults or anybody free on Tuesday mornings. 55 is young. 55 is young, I know. Um, and so he helps lead that on Tuesday mornings, and he is going to open up God's Word with us this morning and share a special message that God has laid on his heart. And so if you would, would you bow your heads with a word of prayer, and we'll just pray over Wayne as he shares with us. Heavenly Father, may the words of Wayne's heart and the meditations of his heart be acceptable in your sight, for you are our rock and our Redeemer. God, would you speak to each of us in our deepest places of needs this morning? We ask this in Christ's holy name. Amen. 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 Would y'all give Amen. Wayne another round of applause? Welcome. Well, thank you very much. This is a little scary. <laughs> um, I'll try to be brief. I know that uh, some of you want to go out and celebrate Father's Day, maybe at a buffet. Uh, Golden Corral or something, and it's important to beat the Baptists because those folks are eaters. So <laughs> it'll look like the locusts have arrived before you do. So, um, brief history for Gerald and I: we've been here, as Jonathan said, about five years, a little bit more than that. We were looking for a, a local church, and uh, this was recommended to us. We walked in the door. And it was just like, ah, <laughs> we found a home, we found a family. So I would recommend Harvest Point to you highly. Uh, it's been a blessing to us, certainly. Today I want to look at a parable of Jesus. Um, his parables had a very, on the surface at least, a very simple meaning. But uh, as you think about them, they had a very profound and deeper meaning in most cases. So um, the parable I want to look at today is one we've, uh, we've all heard before. Jonathan preached a message on it. Lucas shared his thoughts with us uh, on a, uh, not too long ago as well. So it's a particularly appropriate on a Father's Day. Um, Jesus also used his parables not just to reveal uh, some deeper, deeper things. Um, he, he often prefaced it by saying, the kingdom of God is like, or the kingdom of heaven is like. So, uh, a lot of deep meaning in, in many of the parables, in all the parables, really. So, um, he also used the parables to introduce some pretty radical ideas. For instance, whoever heard of a good Samaritan? The first century Jews hadn't. Samaritans were despised. They were looked down upon. They were to be avoided. They were to be discriminated against. They didn't hold, they, they only accepted the first, the books of Moses, the first five 
books in the Bible. They didn't see Jerusalem as a holy city. So therefore, the, what happened to the temple was not valid as far as they were concerned. So with that background, I'd like to look at Luke chapter 15, beginning in verse 11. Jesus said, again, I want to I urge you to, to use your imagination because uh, I feel like um, when God created us in his image, one of the key things he gave us was a rich imagination. I mean, he could imagine this world that we see, everything around us, and he's spoken into existence. He's given us the gift of an imagination where we can create art, music, architecture. We can build things with our hands, not to the extent that he did, but an imagination is a good thing to use, and I'm going to encourage you to use your imagination as we hear this story. So, and just look for the radical idea as well. A certain man had two sons. So far, so good. The younger told his father, I want my share of your estate before you die. That would have thrown the flag right there. That was against Jewish custom. It was against everything they, they believed. The oldest son always inherited the bulk of the estate, a double portion. He always inherited the stewardship of whatever this, the remainder of the estate. And the younger son got whatever the older son felt he wanted to give him. So they would have thought immediately, that audience that was listening to this parable would have thought, seriously? Very disrespectful of the father. And it saddened the father, which we'll see later on in the story. Verse 13, a few days later, the son really had no intention of coming back. He was out of there. He wanted out from his father's influence. He was going to take his money, his bag of cash, and he was going to be gone. And he had no intention, as we can see in verse 13, a few days later, the young son packed up all his belongings and moved to a distant land where he wasted all his money in wild living. So here he is packing up all of his best clothes, all of his good, good stuff, loading them up in the SUV along with his PlayStation, and he's out the door and gone. <laughs> and imagine he went to some place where he could have a good time. I don't know, Savannah, New Orleans. Wow, what a place that would be, huh? And as he's uh, having this good time, I imagine he didn't have any problem gathering friends about him as a young man with lots of money would be apt to do. So, so everything's going swimmingly for the young man until about the time his money ran out, a great famine swept over the land and he began to starve. Now, we have not experienced a famine in our land. Well, the great toilet paper famine of 2020. <laughs> but do you remember those days you went to the grocery store, you didn't know what you were going to find, literally. Uh, certainly weren't going to find any TP. Sometimes you weren't going to find any bottled water. You may not find any meat. Can you imagine going into the local Kroger, Publix, Ingalls, wherever you shop, and finding nothing? That's a famine. What you can find 
is going to be very expensive and unavailable. What, even if it is available, it's going to be very expensive. So it didn't take long for this young man to run out of cash. Here he is in a strange land, no money, no friends left because they're gone, and he's starving to death. He's probably sold all of his best clothes, and he is in dire straits. So what's he do? Well, he persuaded a local farmer to hire him. And the man sent him to the fields to feed his pigs. Any farm kids here? Show of hands. Anybody feed pigs in a confined area? Boy, howdy. I can tell you that it is a eye-smarting experience to feed pigs that are confined in a small area. Not a place a good Jewish boy wants to find himself. <laughs> so... The young man became so hungry that even the pods he was feeding the pigs looked good to him, but no one would give him anything. In other words, he's feeding these pigs kitchen garbage, whatever husks may be available from the, from the uh, harvest, not food that you would ordinarily be drawn to at all, but that's the state he found himself in. When he finally came to his senses, he said to himself, at home, even the hired servants have food enough and to spare. In other words, even the day laborers who showed up in the morning to do a, a day's labor, they had plenty of food. They even could take some home with them. And here he is, starving to death. So he thinks, I will go home to my father and say, Father, I've sinned against both heaven and you, and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Please take me on as one of your servants, one of those day laborers. He had no assurance that his father was going to take him back. Didn't know what kind of reception he was going to get when he go went. After showing his father such great disrespect, now he's got to make that walk back home. Um... So he returned home to the father. I imagine with every passing mile, he's rehearsing that speech. Father, I've sinned against heaven. I've sinned against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Please hire me as your servant. I'd like to illustrate that if I could. Can I have a, can I have a volunteer, please? You, sir, please. Thank you. <laughs> Looks like a random volunteer to me. Yeah. So. Oh, hold on. Am I, am I the prodigal son? You're the prodigal son. I need to get my younger brother. <laughs> Again, this is where you're going to have to employ your, uh, your imagination. He's not shabbily dressed. Clearly, he's not underfed. So, so work with me here. But as he's still, this younger son was still a long way off, no doubt rehearsing his speech, his father saw him. Again, imagination, this is me running to embrace his son. (laughs) 
Thank you, a random one. Yes, thank you. Just for a second. This is my son, who in a fit of, what would I call it, inspired creativity, we named Wayne Carlton Memler Jr. Sorry, son. <laughs> thank you. This parable, by the way, there was another storyteller who called this parable the best short story in the history of literature, and that was Charles Dickens. Pretty high praise. So, his father runs to greet his son. I want you to pay attention to the posture of the father. It wasn't one of these, you know. Oh, they all come crawling back, don't they? Do you notice he embraced his son before his son could even say his speech that he'd been rehearsing? Didn't even hear that. He just went and embraced and kissed his son. He didn't stop and say, oh, geez, what have you been in? Is that pig poop? No, none of that. None of that at all. He embraced his son in the condition he was in. And that is our heavenly father. He receives us in the condition we're in when we return to him. We don't have to say it a certain way. We don't have to clean ourselves up because indeed we can't clean ourselves up and be acceptable in our own right. He receives us in the condition we're in. Finally, he gets to say his little speech. Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you, and I'm no more worthy to be called your son. But the father stopped him before he could even say, would you take me on as a hired servant? Father doesn't see us as servants. We can certainly serve him, but we are joint. This is the miracle. We are joint heirs with Jesus. We're family. Particularly appropriate on Father's Day, I think. So then the father says to uh, one of his servants, quick, bring the finest robe in the house and put it on him. Get a ring for his finger and sandals for his feet and kill that fatted calf we've been saving. We must celebrate with a feast. This was all lavish stuff. I mean, who did the finest robe in the house belong to? Belong to the Father. Remember the scripture, he clothes us with his righteousness. The ring could very well have been a signet ring, family ring. Remember the scene from Ben-Hur where Ben-Hur returns? <laughs> Mashes the finger, the, the, the ring rather, into a wax tablet and shows it to Masala. Masala thinks, uh-oh, this ain't good. Could have been a scene like that. But it's a sign of authority. The father, I'm sure, didn't say so, but I'm sure that the boy got a bath before he got all this, this good stuff on him. So the party began. Oh, there's a third character in this story. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field working. 
When he returned home, he heard the music and the dancing in the house. No doubt smelled that big gold fatted cap turning on the spit too. He asked one of the servants what was, what was going on. Your brother is back, he was told, and your father has killed a fatted calf, and we are celebrating because of his safe return. Oh, the older, older son was overjoyed, wasn't he? He refused to go in. His father said to him, well, take it back, verse 28. The older brother was angry and wouldn't go in. His father came out and begged him. But he replied, all these years I've slaved for you. Never once refused to do a single thing you told me to. And in all that time, you never gave me even one young goat to feast with my friends. Yet when your son, notice he didn't even say it, when my brother comes home. No, it's your son. <laughs> comes back after squandering your money and mine, I might add. <laughs> On prostitutes, you celebrate by killing the fatted calf. His father said to him, look, dear son, you've always stayed by me. And everything I have is yours. In other words, if you wanted that fatted calf, it was yours. He didn't even bother to ask. We had to celebrate this happy day, for your brother was dead and has come back to life. He was lost, but now he is found. That's our father. It's an odd thing in, in prime time. We've had this discussion a couple times. People of my generation, believe it or not, in this day and age, few of us remember our fathers telling us that he loved us. Isn't that something? It just, it was almost foreign to their generation. Um, we knew, I knew that my dad, dad did. He worked very hard for us to supply uh, everything we needed, not what we wanted necessarily, but everything we needed. And um, that, that always strikes me that people of my generation, and maybe even younger, I can't speak for the younger generation, but it's very rare that we've ever had our father tell us that he loves us. But we can see here in this parable the love the father has for us displayed beautifully. So I want to wish the fathers here today a very happy Father's Day. I'm blessed to have Wayne, my lovely daughter Becky, my younger son Brian with me today. Uh, their family's represented as well. Got nine grandchildren and soon they have two great grandchildren. <laughs> Too young for this stuff. <laughs> But I want to thank all of you fathers. Wish you a very blessed day. And to our Abba Father. Thank you. And happy Father's Day. Amen.
Thank you, Wayne. Thank you. I'm going to invite the, the band to come up. And um, I just want to, if you'll stay up here for a minute, I just want to sure. lead us just in a moment of prayer um, in response to the words you gave, um, to the image in this parable of our Heavenly Father and, and His great love for us. And I love what you said about how, you know, we don't have to have it all together. We don't have to clean ourselves up. We can't clean ourselves up. And how the Father embraces us before we even know what to say and, and get the words right. And so I want to invite you to, to pray with us this morning. And, um, and maybe you're here and you had a, a very imperfect earthly father. And, and you have a lot of wounds because of that. And maybe you're here and you had a, had a great father. Maybe you... You didn't have a father present in your life. But this morning, no matter, no matter the situation you've endured in life, uh, as we pray, we just want to thank you, God, our Heavenly Father, that, that you are good, that you are for us, that you are ever-present with us. And God, we thank you that no matter how far we run from you, no matter how far we run from your will for our lives, no matter how far... Uh, we go in our disobedience. We thank you that, that when we turn around, you are right there, ready to embrace us as we saw displayed here on the stage. God, you are ready to embrace us. You are always pursuing us. And so, God, we just pray that you would overwhelm us with your loving kindness and your affection this morning. And God, if there are people here who have never experienced your love, we just pray that they would open themselves up they would open themselves up to your unconditional, eternal love revealed to us through Jesus Christ. And God, we pray that you would help us reflect that love to the world. God, last week we talked about how you say we are the light of the world. God, help, help us reflect your love, your light to all that we encounter. We thank you for Wayne and for his word this morning. And we pray that you would bless us as we go from this place. We ask all this in Christ's holy name. Amen. Amen. Man, thank you again, Wayne. Let's give Wayne a round of applause. And I invite you to stand, stand and sing and worship with us.